Welcome to Better in Real Life, a podcast from the Trestle Collective. I'm your host, Jonathan McGinty, and in this series, I like to have conversations with good folks doing some interesting, pretty cool things. This week, I catch up with Willie Leparulo, the president of the National College Table Tennis Association. And yes, I said table tennis. The sport most Americans associate with game rooms and rec centers actually is one of the most popular sports in the world. Willie isn't only an advocate for it, but he's a pretty polished player who's been known to hustle an opponent or two. If I found out there was a table somewhere, I, I would not bring my my racket because I could probably play with the with my shoes and probably beat most people. And so I'd show up whatever horrendous kind of racket was there and be like, yeah, this is kind of interesting. What's this? Is this like tennis or something? Act totally the the dumb one and everyone was like yeah it's like i'm pretty good you know and of course they've got a beer in one hand and a paddle in the other and i'm thinking good um so yeah there was uh there was a little wagering going on there but i haven't done it in a while and i miss it actually because after this is the best part i don't actually take their money i take them and say if you really want to learn i can help you learn say it's more like a recruitment tool and they're like you're not really going to take my money no no definitely not going to take your money that would be against my code. I mean, it was fun beating you, but <laughs> I, I want you to come and play table tennis. Come and enjoy the passion that we all have. Willie's family immigrated to the U.S. from Italy, and he grew up speaking both English and Italian. The passion for table tennis was instilled in him at a young age, beginning with a gift from his father that, at first glance, didn't really feel that much like a gift at all. So my dad, my dad is uh, Italian, and so he's from the homeland. And so I, I was actually, um, you know, I, I've been there several times. I speak fluently, um, but he brought home a table when I was 14 years old. And he says, and his version of caveman, half English, half Italian, he says, listen to me. This is a sport in addition to soccer, what we play in my country. And I was just like, what's this table thing? And I was like, oh, it's ping pong. He says, no, it is not ping pong. It is, and he said it in Italian, tennis tavolo, which basically means tennis of the table. Same thing, right? And so I was the worst one in my household. My dad beat me, my grandparents beat me, my brother, my mom beat me. I was the worst. And so I said, I'm, I'm not going to be the worst. I'm going to beat the whole family. And I did, you know, obviously you, you get pretty passionate about that, but that's where the, the love started. He brought home this thing, this essentially, it was a really bad looking ping pong table and everyone beat me. And I was, I felt like, like this big. And so I was like, I'm going to prove them all. And it's like, I don't know why, but that's when it hit basically. So did you, uh, so you played a lot. Did you play? I mean, I guess there were college programs to be a part of. Did you decide to, to pursue and do that in college? Yeah, this is a fun story too. So uh, there were at the time, as you know, um, Anderson, and Augusta at the time I was I was uh this is aging myself here so in 1993 I was uh, going into college and so in 92 I remember and this is pre-internet right I remember reading like a USA table tennis magazine saying that there are scholarships at Anderson College in Augusta um and so I wanted to go as far away from parents as possible Anderson's farther I live in Tallahassee Florida so Augusta's slightly closer either way Anderson denied me <laughs> so I you know I sent in I video recorded myself of course I was a horrendous player um and I sent in the videotape I never heard back from them so I you know they denied me and I ended up going to Florida State University that had 
um, you know, 10 table tennis tables. They had uh, the space. It was beautiful. And, and, and they encouraged me to start a club. And that's that's how the love of at least college table tennis started with for me is that is that I got to create this club from scratch. I got to sort of come out of my own little shy cocoon, so to speak. Right. And I think that was the thing that that led me towards wanting to do more for college table tennis and thinking, you know what, I'm not this shy, introverted, nerdly kid anymore. I mean, I kind of still was, but now I actually have a voice, which was interesting. So uh, things happen for a reason. You know, if I would have gone to Anderson who knows what would have happened right so right right and you know I, listen anderson's a nice town i've been through there but it's not very big <laughs> it's a fair fair. <laughs> fair you know i'm from augusta so i'll protect my hometown i know i know i know and i you know <laughs> if augusta were further i would have tried to go there so <laughs> we just, just should have been in north carolina or something there you go there you go right um so, you know, that's, you know, I, I think that's something that's interesting. I was looking up some of the stats before and, you know, these probably subject to change, but table tennis is the seventh most watched sport globally, and it's the eighth most popular sport globally. I'm not sure how they tabulated that per se. And I've seen, I've seen it higher. I've seen it, but, but never really lower than that. And that's ahead of right. baseball and football in some places, but it, it's played by everybody in some form or fashion at the, particularly, I mean, really badly at a, you know, at a, at a swimming pool or in someone's sure. basement, but, sort of <laughs> but you know, why, why has it not caught on? And I've heard this when I worked on the story for Anderson and Augusta, I heard it from different people. Why do you think it never, it hasn't taken off to that level of popularity here in, in the U S uh, and, and that's the, if, if I had the magic answer, the thousand dollar or million dollar question, the answer right there. That. Um, and so internationally, it's, it's super popular. Uh, obviously football, soccer, that's the most popular. And then you have table tennis because everyone plays and there's this organization, at least when I was in Italy, there's, they've got this, all, all clubs are organized and to play in a club, you have to have a medical waiver. You have to be examine and be healthy enough to play it's just so very organized you can get a part of a league you can do this you can do all of these kinds of different fun things and and in the united states um for whatever reason it's not as organized as it should be and i grew up playing soccer and in, there were soccer leagues for every age group they were uh, even the coin term soccer moms right you you know that that, that oh yeah term and and so soccer in my day was oh, it's just for foreigners, but it's up and coming. And it was up and coming. And now it's this huge kind of sport that you see on national TV. It's like a normal thing. We have our own league. And so, you know, my, my belief in table tennis is we've got to follow other successful sports footsteps, meaning other sports have started in the basement, so to speak. A soccer didn't start in the right. basement, started on a grassy field. But the point in reference is they were they had a basement approach because they had to get all these kids involved in the sport infused in because then the parents bought into it. The parents were driving the minivans to all of the tournaments. Right. Table tennis hasn't reached that point yet. And I'm still hopeful that it can be, and I'm doing my part on the college table tennis end. But you know, the reality is, is that it's, it's got to flourish down in the junior parts. You know, imagine if right now, what do we have? Uh, 8,000 uh, people in USA table tennis as members you know, let's have 80,000 and then they're going to trickle up into college and they're going to want to have scholarships and they're going to want to do all of these different things. 
that's where the sport will explode. It starts, in my opinion, again, my opinion, it's like mm-hmm. a, a triangle, right? A triangle is very wide in the base. And as it goes up, it gets, you know, obviously a little bit more specific, uh, narrow. And so it's got to start at the base and it's a ground up kind of approach for me, although they're different. Um, people have different opinions of that. It's people like, oh, it's top to down. But for me, it's ground up um, along those lines. So, well, and that, you know, and that that does parallel what soccer did. You know, if you think about it, I mean, you have I mean, I remember they were just starting soccer leagues and I got I was a horrible soccer player, but everybody else was doing it in my school. So I figured, why not? I'll do it. But yeah, I mean, it started like that. And that to your point, you know, I, I guess there are just some institutional and hobby advantages that table tennis could have because I, I just told you I played soccer, but I played way more table tennis growing up because Buddy oh, yeah. had it in the basement. It was at the neighborhood pool we'd go to. It was, was at the YMCA. It was, you know. Yeah. So, you know, is, is that, you know, what are, what are some of the ways that that can grow there where you can harness all of these kids who are playing more for fun and be able to get them that avenue to have it be more organized and structured the way it is over in, in Europe, particularly in places like, like Sweden. Sure. Sure. Uh, so I, I think here in the U S it's gotta be one of those, just as you said, I played soccer because everyone else was doing it. Right. And it's not to say that you, you liked or didn't like soccer. It was just, Hey, your friends are doing it. I'm going to sign up. Hey mom, Hey dad, I want to sign up for this program. And so every city has a parks and rec department in the United States right? Small, big, they all have parks and rec, but parks and rec don't have parks and rec table tennis. Imagine if they did. I think that is where we have the future there for our sport, because if, you know, Joey Smith, eight-year-old and, and wants to join his buddy, Matt and everything, and they're playing table tennis, they're not going to know what table tennis is. They're just going to be want to be where their friends are. Right. It's, it's the interesting thing. Table tennis is such a, a social community. It is even, you know, for myself and for others who play it, it's still that social bonding kind of connection as adults. Why didn't we do it as kids? Right. It, it, mm-hmm. it, that is what sports is. Sports teaches children so many amazing, beneficial kinds of values. Right. How to win, how to lose, how to be a friend, how to have empathy, how to work together as a team, all of these values in sports. And again, I'm, I'm pretty biased because, you know, sports for me is, you know, my life and right. all of these kinds of things are, are monumentally important and they can be earned and learned from table tennis as well. It's just getting into those systems, you know, typical youth sports is youth football, youth baseball, youth basketball, swimming, you know, there's nothing wrong with those sports, mm-hmm. but why don't we have that chance and that opportunity? And I think that's, Again, my opinion, that's where that is supposed to happen and needs to happen. And so we, you know, we've got the, uh, the other thing too, is we've got the world championships that are coming up. I don't know if you, you knew about that, but there's uh, the world table tennis championships is happening for the first time in the United States in Houston, Texas, uh, during the Thanksgiving uh, break week, basically November 24th ish, something around there. And uh, the international table tennis, Federation chose Houston as a host, which is like amazing that they chose the United States to do it in. And so I, I'm super jazzed and super excited. You know, if this this tournament goes well, let's say that ESPN picks it up. Let's say that, you know, the advertisements, the promotion is, is huge, right? The average Joe is suddenly going to be like, wow, they just hit a ball 100 miles an hour and they're playing tennis on a table, which is the name of the sport, right? <laughs> and so, so they want to get interested and, and, you know, hopefully 
hundreds of thousands of people are going to get interested in table tennis because of it. Because, you know, the way I look at it is, is that if you see something on TV that looks cool and be like, I bet I can do that. Right. I want to learn how to do that. That, that motivates the kinds of people, you know, the parents to say, look, son, look, daughter, this is something we all can do together. So these are the kinds of things that I, that I hope will have some sort of, um, you know, uh, position, conclusion, result into, into the, you know, us becoming a, a powerful new youth sport into the adulthood of, of sports. So, yeah, I know hope is not a strategy, but you got so. <laughs> to start somewhere, right? <laughs> I mean, you do. Today, the NCTTA serves as the organizing and governing body for a host of college table tennis teams and clubs across the country. It's not an officially sanctioned sport by the NCAA, but that doesn't mean Willie isn't doing his part each and every day to advance the game for the more than 150 schools affiliated with his organization. So, so there, there's, a, there's a, a, an internal conversation in NCTTA about you know, what's next, what's our five-year, what's our 10-year plan. And, you know, and I can tell you this much that we're always looking to see how we can wiggle ourselves into NCAA. There's, there's a lot of, of national athletic organizations in the United States. So there's the NCAA, which everyone's very familiar with. There is something called the NAIA, and those are smaller um, smaller institutions that have their own athletic organization. There is the NJCAA. Those are for junior college National Junior College Athletic Association. So um, we've been in conversation with all three of those organizations. There's there's even more than that, obviously. But right. um, you know, our point is is that if we can get scholarship schools, uh, whether they're NCAA, NAI, or whatever, um, it is going to be a success. And so the latest conversation was with NAI. I actually was at a conference uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I talked with them, and they were they were saying, "Well, you need this many schools. You need to do this." The beauty of their situation is they don't have a. And this may sound a little bit odd. Um, NCAA has a gender only requirement: women only for table right. tennis. If okay. Table tennis wants to be a sport; it has to be only women. NAIA does not have that Title IX requirement. NAIA says, bring it on, whatever gender. And we were like, whoa, this is an opportunity. And so NAIA are those smaller schools we're talking about, like Texas Wesleyan, who Mm -hmm. currently does have a scholarship program, but they're smaller schools that people don't know that much about. Um, And so that's the hard part. How do we, how do we promote table tennis within that construct if, you know, people don't know so much about the programs? Um, maybe that's our our winning step to go along with that line. But the other thing that we're looking at is, is is to create scholarship programs just in schools. So Texas Wesleyan has one. There is another school that is that has contacted us. They said not to say their name in any public standing yet, but sure. there's another school in Texas who says I want to create a scholarship program. So we're working with them to create that scholarship program. So we just need to infuse and this this my whole bigger picture here if enough people play table tennis juniors kids that grow up to one day become athletic directors that love table tennis guess what that means they'll want to promote table tennis as well i can bet you anything that most of these athletic directors in ncaa did not grow up playing table tennis they grew up playing football baseball basketball all of those kinds of main staple american sports imagine if they didn't Imagine if they played table tennis. So when someone like myself comes up and talking about table tennis, they're not going to automatically put a hand in my face and say, well, isn't it just ping pong? Isn't that just uh, some sport, the, 
that Asia plays and some places in Europe? I said, it's a sport that everyone plays. And then they're going to understand that. It's, it's about educating the people that eh, may not get it yet is probably the best way to put it. So yeah, we're working on getting scholarship schools out there and it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. There's no other way to put it. Well, and I was going to say, is that because I mean, I would imagine it would be fairly frustrating as if if you're working with these different colleges and you're trying to have start these conversations about scholarships and you have this dismissive view from leadership and whether it's whether it's a whether it's a real position, like we don't have the money right now for it. Or if it's something like, well, you're not a real sport. We're not going to put table tennis on our program. You know how. How is, I mean, how do you deal with, with that? I mean, it's, it's gotta be something where you're being hit over the head a lot while you're just trying to move forward. And you, you kind of have that hand in your face the entire time. Yeah. And, and actually it's more, more so the latter, you're not a real sport kind of conversation. And, and so the, I actually love it when they say you're not a real sport, because then um, it's a different angle, essentially, because if they say there's not enough money, that means, well, they already know it's a real sport and they're actually telling the truth that there really isn't in the funding for it. And that's kind of like a dead end. But if they say you're not a real sport, is it really even in the Olympics? And, and all of these kinds of um, basically ammunition to say, yes, it's been in the Olympics since 1988. And guess what? The et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All these different kinds of things that we have for them. Um, it can change their minds. They just need to have that open enough mind to, hey, come to a tournament, check out, check out what you're missing. Um, and, and it's also meeting them, these athletic directors, where they are. So a lot of athletic directors want a cheaper sport that's not going to cost funding. They want, they love the concept of inviting students that normally wouldn't come to their institutions, i.e. international students, i.e. Uh, maybe, you know, a lot of our table tennis athletes are extremely intelligent and generally go into Ivy Leagues, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine having a draw at those kinds of students, you know, because again, in the end of the day, these colleges and universities, they want to bring in the best students that will become the best kinds of alumni and they get wonderful jobs and give back to the university. It's a whole circle of life with, with the whole university thing. I'm probably dispelling their, um, their secret uh, potion here of how colleges and universities work. I, I work in the university. So uh, if they, if they see this podcast, they'll be like, you told, uh, told them our secret. <laughs> um, but, but that's the reality, right? They want to basically create this great citizen the the great uh, alumni that gives back that goes off to work for Google and Microsoft and says, well, I went to ABC College, small college in the middle of, you know, I don't know, Nebraska, and I played table tennis there. I want to give back. You know, that's the kind of mm-hmm. thing that, that everybody wants to know uh, about. And so uh, it is difficult, but I hope they all say it's not a real sport. I can't wait to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Tell me, um, how did XFL, I mean, we first connected when the pandemic was getting going. So how did that impact y'all? I mean, I would, I mean, you, you, you push aside that you have the deal with social distancing and no crowds and all of that stuff, but then y'all are a lot of these programs. And I imagine y'all you're working on that fine edge of what you have financially. So if you lose in a whole year, you know, how did that impact y'all? So it, it, it was a year and a half of, of no, no college table tennis. And so this uh, semester, I, I, I speak on semesters and most people outside of the university uh, environment, they're like, what do you mean semester? That's my life. So this uh, half year, fall 2021, right? We are starting back up again. We haven't been around since fall 2019. So it's almost been two years, a year and a half, essentially. And so as an organization, 
Um, I guess we're lucky, and this is something that, that a lot of people don't know about NCTTA. Um, it is a national organization. It's run by volunteers. There is a total of 57 people that run the organization. There's seven board members and different kinds of directors and, and geographical directors in different areas of the U.S. and Canada. We're all volunteers. I'm a volunteer, you know, literally, I, they, they say I'm the president of something, but, you know, president of a bunch of volunteers. Um, so financially, we didn't have to pay a CEO or a CFO or any of that kind of stuff. So we were, we were okay. It wasn't the, <laughs> put it this way, our budget looked wacky and wonky. It wasn't the best of times, um, right. but we could have survived. So should this, you know, again, knock on wood, COVID does not need to come back. <laughs> but if it were to come back, we, we could we could last a little bit longer without, you know, having programming uh, along those lines. I think what was harder is on our schools, our schools and, and the students at student athletes that are playing in those schools, they missed out on two championship years. 2020 was canceled and 2021 championships. We do it in April, the beginning of the year mm-hmm. was also so canceled. So if they graduated, they left without experiencing that, you know, jubilation, the, the, the trip to nationals. And we go in different uh, cities every year. They missed out on a you know pretty big event, in my opinion. Of course, I'm biased. But, you know, I think for them, it was more of an issue. Um, us, we're, we can pick up and make things work. Um, it's just that I, I feel bad because we do what we do in NCTTA because we want to give back to the community. We want to give them something then better than what we had when we were in college. I was in college in the 90s and college table tennis was fun and everything, but it was very small back in the mm-hmm. day. Now it has become huge and, and, and we want to make it better and bigger than the former years. And so that's always that's the tough part, making it better and bigger. But yeah, COVID, the pandemic was was difficult also because it's it's an indoor sport and everyone says don't go indoors without a mask and i don't know if you've tried to work out with a mask on it becomes not fun <laughs> not fun yeah I've, I've done it it's it's not a not a great time at all i mean it's like it's like really truly having a, a wet uh towel on your face uh where you're like <sighs> so <laughs> Now y'all did, uh, you, you launched your, and I'll make sure I get the name right. Uh, the, the, the leveling up program, the, the fundraiser yeah, yeah. y'all did. Yeah. So we did, we did a, a national fundraiser. Um, and so it's, uh, basically we had an anonymous, uh, alumni donor who said that they will match up to hundred K, uh, for every dollar that, you know, we put in. And so it was just kind of a, a shocker just to see out of nowhere, he came out and said, I want to help. And, you know, a lot of people say they want to help and they generally just, you know, volunteer. Maybe they give a few bucks. That's good. He came in and said, if you do this, whatever you do, we will match. I will match one dollar for dollar up to 100K. And we were just like, wow. And wow. so, of course, no one is a professional fundraiser in NZTTA. So we were kind of looking at each other and like, um, do you know what to do? And, and we just all got together a bunch of alumni uh, to run this, this national fundraiser. And so, you know, we, we did not fundraise the hundred K, but we hit 38 K, which is more than if you would have asked me <laughs> when we started, how many do you think I could get? I would not have been able to guess 38 K because again, we had no idea what we were we're doing. We were really, truly neophytes in every uh, definition of the word. Um, and so it's it's amazing to see how the table tennis, the college table tennis community came together. We had events, we had Zoom events, we had face-to-face events back when, when COVID was a little bit lower over the summer. It was very 
successful. You know, we went to spin, we went to this uh, club in the West coast, the 888 table tennis club. So, you know, it, it just really worked out very well. And, and people were so kind and so giving and so magnanimous. I, I was just, I was just floored. Everyone seemed to understand that, Hey, we need, we need to help out. And, and that's, that's what, that's what I love being a part of a community like that, being able to have people saying, yeah, I remember when I was in college, you did this or you did that, or we played you. And um, those are the good times for sure. Better in Real Life is a production of Trestle Collective. It's hosted by me, Jonathan McGinty, with original music and editing by Joe Van Hoos. For more, visit TrestleCollective.com and be sure to let us know what you think of the show.